23. Psalm 23. And of course, you know, we know this to be a psalm of David. And uh, David is showing his faith in, in the Lord and, and, uh, and, and really is an encouragement to us to follow close to the Lord. You know, David, uh, you may remember, uh, was a shepherd. I'm sure you do. Uh, one of the more famous things that, that you know about David uh, outside of him being king and uh, all, all the things that went with that. But, you know, David was a shepherd. Matter of fact, uh, when you look at 1 Samuel chapter 16 and verse 11, uh, all these young men, his brothers, were being looked at uh, for king because Samuel was coming and, and they, they, he knew that the king was going to be a part of the house here. Uh, and he goes through all the brothers and the Lord says no to each one. And then, of course, it's like, well, is there anybody else left? And, oh, there's this, there's this ruddy little shepherd boy that we have. His name's David. And, uh, you know, he, he's, he's out in the field. And, you know, it's, it, that's kind of funny to me. Because evidently, you know, his brothers must have looked a whole lot more kingly than he did. You know, he, they must have been some big strapping young men. And then here's, here's David, and I'm not sure, you know, uh, he must have been a, a, a decent size himself for all the things that he did. Um, but his, his brothers just must have been some big strapping young men, looked real nice and, and kingly, right? But um, not, not so much for David. In, in 2 Samuel chapter 7, verse 8, <clears throat> It says, Now therefore thou, uh, thus shalt thou say unto my servant David, Thus saith Jehovah of hosts, I took thee from the sheep coat, from following the sheep, that thou shouldest be prince over my people, over Israel. It is fitting, therefore, that David should write concerning the Lord as his shepherd. And so let's look at that in Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. Oh, look at that first phrase. The, the first few verses here are through the eyes of a lamb. The Lord is my shepherd. A shepherd, the shepherd, actually, the, the root word for shepherd comes from the word to graze. And, and what does it mean? Well, the reasoning is this. A shepherd is going to look after sheep to the point that, you know, he is he's going to look after their, their basic needs in life. And, and so the, part of that is what? Eating. And so he's going to go out and he's going to take them to places that they can eat. You know, the, the first time that we see this word translated is in Genesis 29 and verse 7. And actually the, the word has some confusion around it because it is translated here as feed. But the next occurrence... In verse 20, or chapter 29 and verse 9, uh, it is translated as kept. And so it, it, is, it is different in different contexts. Uh, now, the word is interesting to me because if a shepherd is going to take care of his flock, he's going to take care of everything down to the little, littlest detail, the smallest detail. And when you think as the Lord, as our shepherd... He takes care of us, and He provides for our needs. Uh, isn't that a, a beautiful thought, that the Lord cares for us enough that He looks out for us individually? 
You know, I, I think a lot of times when you're, you're thinking about a congregation of people, it's, it's the church. It's the Lord's church. And you think about everybody all together. And so, you know, we, we, we oftentimes will, will categorize ourselves, but the Lord looks at us specifically, individually, knows what we need, knows what we want, and He takes care of us. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, this uh, this verse gave me fits when I was a kid. Gave me fits. What in the world? The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I thought the Lord was a good thing. Why don't I want the Lord? You know, that's the way I was looking at it. The Lord, uh, shouldn't I want the Lord? What in the world is this verse doing? You know, of course, that's not what it means, right? The Lord is my shepherd. I, I shall not want. I shall not lack. I'm not going to lack for anything. You know, I'm not going to have need for, for wanting something because the Lord is going to provide for me. When the Lord is our shepherd, we will not have need of anything. But our needs will be given us and we will be given abundantly. You know, I, I, uh, I've, I've really sat down and I've thought about this before. But have you, have you really sat down and, and thought about faithful Christians? And you think about this. What about the physical blessings of, of faithful Christians? I mean, you know, we're not talking about rich, rich things. We're not talking about being rich. But aren't those physical needs always taken care of? They are. When you are a faithful Christian, the Lord is going to take care of you. Now, the Lord may do that by giving you the things, specifically maybe. Maybe you get a nice job and you're working this nice job and you have the uh, funds available to you to be able to provide for you and your household. Or maybe you have fallen on hard times. And what does the Lord do at those times? Offers you brethren to take care of you. You know, that's, that's the wonderful thing here. In Psalm 37 and verse 25, uh, it says, I have been young and now I'm old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. You know, I, I, I was young and I am old, and I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor, nor his, his, his seed begging for bread. Isn't that something? He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. Now, there's a wonderful book uh, out, and I'm, I'm, I'm having trouble, actually, right now. I didn't put it in my notes, but I'm having trouble recalling the name of it. Um, but it is a wonderful book about the 23rd Psalm, and it's Through the Eyes of a Shepherd. And it's a modern-day shepherd has uh, written this book. It's a commentary on just Psalm 23. And he has a, a lot of wonderful things there. And at one, once my, my mind starts working properly, I'll tell you what that is. But um, there, there's a lot of things that, that you can see from this, uh, this, this passage, this one passage that, that applies to, to shepherding in, in so many ways. And, this, and it brings out, I'm going to bring out several of these right now, but he maketh me to lie down 
and green pastures. It, it was said in this book, it is almost impossible to make sheep lie down unless four requirements are met. Number one is this. They will not lie down if they are afraid. Now, people generally do not know that sheep are very timid. They are very timid creatures. And the, the, this man goes on to tell a story about how uh, he had a, a friend come over, and this friend had a little Pekingese pup. And as soon as that door door was open, that pup got out and started running into the pasture, and all the sheep scattered. All the sheep ran away. And, you know, as, as uh, you think about that, just the opening up of the car door and the pup jumping out, and just a glimpse of this small puppy, 200 sheep scatter. Now that shows you how timid they are. So they, they have to be free from that thought of being afraid. Number two, they will not lie down unless they have freedom from friction among their kind. Now, uh, I, I've heard about this. You've heard of a pecking order among chickens, right? Well, there is a budding order uh, among sheep. So generally you, you have one old ewe that will boss the rest of the sheep, budding them until she has the best bed ground and grazing. Uh, but something that is very interesting is that when the shepherd comes back, uh, all of the rivalries are put aside. Isn't that interesting? You know, the, the sheep will have this little budding order going on, but as soon as the shepherd is there, everything, everyone is at peace. Number three, they will not lie down unless they are free from pests. So sheep absolutely must be free from pests. They, they, they can't stand insects. And if they have flies and, 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 and mosquitoes and everything flying all around them, they are going to just get up and pace back and forth. They're not going to lay down. They're just going to pace back and forth until it's all gone. They cannot stand that. And number four, they will not lie down unless they are free from the fear of hunger. And this, this commentary says this is clearly an implication from the statement here. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. And so the, the Lord takes care of everything for us. And He takes care of us down to the point that you know, He's going to give us what we need to live this life. He leadeth me beside still waters. Uh, the word lead here. Uh, denotes a shepherd's loving concern to lead his flock. That's from the uh, theological work of the Old Testament. But it says he leads me beside still waters. What, what does that mean, still waters? Well, quiet waters. You know, still waters. They're, they're restful. They're, they're not loud and boisterous. Now, the Lord is going to lead, uh, lead us just like this, beside these peaceful waters. Now, sheep do not like water in the sense they don't like rushing water. Now, if you think about it, it's pretty evident. They've got a heavy coat on them, right? You know, have you ever uh, fallen in some water when you had all your clothes on? It's much more difficult to swim, isn't it? 
Well, you think about the things our clothes are made of are on their back all day long, and there's more of it. And they don't like it. They know that they don't swim very well, and they don't float. And they're afraid of, of water, of rushing water. They don't like that because if they get that coat heavy, they're, they're going to drown. And they know that. So they don't like rushing water. They like still water. You know, uh, sheep like those quiet waters. And because of that, the shepherd is going to take good care of them. And lead them next to those quiet waters so that they know that they don't need to be afraid of anything and that they are going to be sustained. He restoreth my soul. You think about this, of course, you know, we could talk about this for us all day long. But when you think about sheep, uh, there's, there's something that. I didn't realize until I had had read this book. But the idea of, of a cast sheep. Have you ever heard of a cast sheep? Yeah? Any hands on that one? I don't, let, me, let me tell you about cast sheep. This is interesting. This is an old English term, which means that a sheep has turned on its back and cannot get up by itself. This is a pathetic sight to see. When a sheep is cast, it may bleat a little, but normally... It lays on its back with its legs up in the air, kicking frantically, attempting to get on its own, uh, get back up on its own without success. If a shepherd does not get to a cast sheep within a reasonable, a reasonably short period of time, it will die. A shepherd is often counting his sheep, and if one or two comes up missing, often the first thought to come to mind is that of a sheep of a cast sheep and the immediate importance of finding that one that is cast. So you think about that. That that gives you a whole lot of information there, right? Now, number one is this. He restoreth my soul. If you're talking about the the, the sheep and, and the cast sheep, you know, that's going to want to be back upright. And the shepherd is going to look after him. is going to get him right back up where it needs to be. And so the shepherd, our shepherd, can do that for us too. He can restore our souls, but that gives even more understanding to uh, a certain parable, right? And you think about the parable of the lost sheep, and you've got 99, but there's one that is gone, right? And so what does the shepherd do? You know, I can only imagine this uh, after reading this, that he must have thought, I've got to cast sheep. I need to go and find it before it dies. And so he goes off and searches for that one. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness. You know, sheep can only see about 15 yards ahead of them. You know, they, they, they cannot see very far, but... And basically comes out to about 45 feet, right? But because of this, sheep have the tendency to go astray. You know, they're, they're eating grass with the rest of, rest of the flock there, and then all of a sudden, they're eating grass and they look up and they can't see anybody. 
they can't see anything. They can't, they're, they're off by themselves alone. They have the tendency to stray. Shepherds lead their sheep where they want them to go so that they can preserve their life. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Now, I've, I've heard that this is an actual place. Now, whether or not this is, is actually historically true back to this point, but there is a place uh, that is, is called the shadow of death. Um, I, you know, I, I can't actually, couldn't actually find a good reference for this, but, but there is some sort of legend about it. Uh, but is also, uh, has also been tra- translated the valley of deep darkness. So, nevertheless, it doesn't sound like a nice place. It doesn't sound like a good place. It doesn't sound like a place that you're going to vacation. But the Lord is my shepherd And he can take us through those dark places in life. The places that we don't want to be. He can lead us through it. He says, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. This is another uh, thing that I, I thought was interesting from this book, though. It says, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The rod uh, was a, a club of sorts. And uh, often it had a metal tip on the end. And it is also used you know, for corrective discipline, but it's, it's used to, against all, all different types of predators. Uh, but the shepherds uh, would throw these even uh, at, at things. That's what it was really meant for. You could, you could use it with your hand, but it was meant to even throw and young shepherds will have contests at who can throw their rod the farthest and with the most accuracy. Uh, the purpose of this contest is to be able to use the rod as a deadly projectile to any predator. Uh, think about going hunting with a rod, guys. That's, that's going to be pretty interesting. But this rod also comforted in that it was used to part the coat of the wool that the shepherd could check to see if any disease was on the lamb. So it was, it was used as a tool also so to comfort these, 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 the sheep. So thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. The staff was used, obviously, to move sheep. But it comforts them by simply just touching them. And I think about the last part of this. This is through the eyes of a man here. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. You know, there were times when David was on the run. You know, you think about this passage, you think about David's life. David, his life was threatened on multiple occasions. And he had to run for his life several times. You know, he he didn't have much. But the Lord took care of him. And he made sure that he was led and he was fed. Thou anointest my head with oil. Of course, anointing was done throughout the Old Testament and the New Testament. And it was done for several reasons, but 
anointing one's head in this sense is a sign of gladness. And he is he is taking care of me. This is this is a nice thing. The shepherd, the Lord is taking care of me. My cup runneth over. Shows that there is an abundance here given by the Lord. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. When you think about about these two things, I there just think about goodness. It's just it's a simple word, right? But goodness following you all the days of your life. Just things that are right and good. Peaceful. Isn't that isn't that what we want, right? And mercy. What's mercy? Mercy is that unmerited favor. You know, we we don't deserve the things that, that the Lord has given us. We don't deserve them. But the Lord has been merciful unto us to allow us to have even a, a, a hope of eternal life. Not to mention anything else He's ever, ever given us or is going to give us. We have a hope of eternal life. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. No, brethren. I think about this last phrase. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is David's thought here. But it should be ours. Another thing that we might say is, you know, this, you know, you know I, I'm going to be faithful to the Lord throughout my life. And I think you know this by now. But I know that there are preachers out there who say that we cannot live like the Lord wants us to live. But I'm here to tell you that those guys are dead wrong. We can live according to the scriptures. We can. It'd be cruel for God to give us a standard that we could not meet. We can live according to the scriptures. We can live righteously. And we don't need to give ourselves any outs on that. But when we have David as an example saying, you know, I am going to live in the house of the Lord forever. What about us, brethren? Are we going to be faithful to the Lord? Are we going to be faithful to the Lord throughout our lives? Because that's basically what he's saying. Is that what we're going to do? Let's not let things get in the way of us and the Lord. Let's just not. Because if there's anything that is important in life, it is to serve God. And everything else just doesn't matter. If there's someone here today that is in need to respond to the invitation, you, you're going to have that opportunity in just a moment. Maybe it is that there's someone here who's not yet become a Christian and you'd like to take the opportunity today to do that, we'd love for you to do that.
And maybe you just need to repent of something. We'll be glad to help you out with that as well. If there's anybody who needs to respond, please come as we stand and as we sing. you have him bear your burden, carry all your load, let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you want to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. Would you have him make you free and follow at his call? Would you know the peace that comes by giving all? Would you have him save you so that you need never fall? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. Would you in his kingdom find a place of constant rest? Would you prove him true each providential test? Would you in his service labor always at your best? Let him have his way with thee. His power can make you what you ought to be. His blood can cleanse your heart and make you free. His love can fill your soul and you will see. T'was best for him to have his way with thee. Please be seated. Our song before the communion will be number 384. Number 384, Lead Me to Calvary. King of my life, I crown thee now, thine shall the glory be. Lest I forget thy thorn crown brow, lead me to Calvary. Lest I forget Gethsemane, 